This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Kim Glassman is an adoptee. Her unwed 18-year-old birth mother decided to go ahead with the pregnancy, but did not keep the baby. Lutheran Social Services was contacted, and Kim was adopted shortly after her birth. That young woman's decision turned into a blessing many times over. Not only was Kim's life spared, but she brought joy to a couple unable to have children of their own. Her new family also included an adopted brother. Kim grew to adulthood. She worked in politics and government, started her own consulting firm, worked in the private sector, and is a stay-at-home mom. Kim has since married and is the mother of two and the daughter-in-law to yet another family. Through the years, she's touched many lives. In short, she's led a normal life. But that is what is so remarkable about Kim. Because the choice made by an unmarried 18-year-old woman to give birth, all this happened. Had she made another choice, there would be a hole in many people's lives today. I speak with Kim on World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. President Trump called on Congress Tuesday to pass an education bill that funds school choice so that disadvantaged children of all races can choose whatever school is right for them, calling education, quote, the civil rights issue of our time. These families should be free to choose the public, private, charter, magnet, religious, or homeschool that is right for them, Trump said. President Trump announced that the U.S. Department of Education will rescind his predecessor's letter demanding that schools open locker rooms and similar facilities to students of the opposite sex. The Obama administration's now overturned policy was an unlawful attempt to rewrite Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, a statute that prohibits schools receiving federal funds from discriminating, quote, on the basis of sex. President Obama had declared that the term sex in Title IX includes the notion of gender identity. Aaron and Melissa Klein, a young couple at the center of a national religious freedom case, will appear before the Oregon Court of Appeals on Thursday, March 2nd. The Kleins lost their family bakery and were fined $135,000 for declining to create a custom cake for a same-sex wedding. This will be the first time the Kleins have had an official day in court. The Kleins owned and operated a family bakery, Sweet Cakes by Melissa, in Gresham, Oregon. In 2013, a woman asked the Kleins to make a cake for her same-sex wedding. Aaron and Melissa had served the woman before, but as devout Christians, they believed that participating in the wedding would violate their faith, so they declined to design and create a custom cake for the wedding. The Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries punished the Kleins with a $135,000 penalty and placed a gag order on them, forbidding them from discussing aspects of their faith in public. A top U.S. general is visiting Egypt at a time when the government is under fire for its response to an evidently orchestrated terrorist campaign of killings targeting minority Coptic Christians in northern Sinai. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. 
Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's and New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. No. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. Este é Notícias Luteranas pelo Mundo. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. Abortion has been in the news a lot lately, as has the pro-life movement. One of the arguments that being made by the pro-abortion people is, well, we don't care about children once they're born, only about being in the womb. Well, point of fact, we care a lot about children, especially through the adoption. My guest today is a lady I have known for many years and I consider a very good friend, Miss Kim Glassman. Kim has a fascinating story, a personal story. Kim, introduce yourself to my audience, if you would please tell a little about yourself, and then we'll go into your story. Well, I'm thrilled to have been invited to participate, Kip, and uh, as you said, my name is Kim Glassman. I'm a resident of Southern California and a lifelong resident and have two beautiful children, husband, job, you know, all the normal stuff, and uh, have been a lifelong Lutheran, uh, Lutheran pastors in the family and things like that, and uh, it's just a, a joy to be with you today. Kim, I'm going to start, I guess, by calling you an abortion survivor because your birth mother made a decision not to have an abortion. What happened? Well, what's interesting about that is I don't know if she made an, if a decision, if she made the decision not to have an abortion or if she was nearly prevented from having an abortion. And let me explain that statement a little bit. I was born in the late 60s, right at the height of all the controversy of you know, what are we going to allow and what are we not going to allow? And different states had different rules and different parameters as to how you could qualify to have a legal abortion. My birth mother was unmarried, 18. And other than that, I really don't know the circumstances as to how she found herself with an unwanted pregnancy. I was adopted through Lutheran Social Services, and I don't, I don't know if it was a love affair. I don't, you know, that she just ended up getting pregnant. I don't know if it was a one-night stand. I know she was, you know, 18, so maybe in college it could have been a rape. We just don't know, and there's no record. Her, her name is on my birth papers, my adoption papers. But there's no mention of a of a father anywhere. No name, no 
story, no verbal uh, or oral history of any of that had been passed along. So it's, it's a guessing game. She's the only one who knows, and anyone you know who was with her at that time uh, knows what really happened. And you were so, adopted just a couple of days after your birth and through Lutheran Social Services, so it, it would be safe to speculate that she had had some contact with Lutheran Social Services and it made arrangements to make sure that you were adopted through a good agency. Correct. Correct. It was pre prearranged. Uh, they, she had obviously reached out and contacted them and um, she, I am aware that of course her, she had a family, you know, her, her origin family of her parents and siblings and things. So I'm guessing that when she found herself in that situation, that the family probably supported her through that. Now, I'm sure there was turmoil there, you know, but who knows? I, I just imagine myself as a young lady, if I had gotten pregnant or what I would do now if my teenage daughter got pregnant. Like, I, that's not an easy path, no matter what the circumstances are that led up to it. There's going to be anxiety, frustration, anger, issues between the parents and the kids. I don't think there's ever a time when someone comes into an unplanned, unwelcomed pregnancy and just has nothing but snuggles and kisses about it. It's it's a very different experience than when a married couple is planning a family and they have the blessing of getting pregnant. I mean, it's two totally different dynamics. And, and I... You know, I don't know what led up to it. It could have been a traumatic. You know, I hope for her for her sake it wasn't from a rape, but it, it could have been. I, I just don't know. And um, so she found herself in that situation. She obviously made the arrangements with Lutheran social, social Services, but at that time, you know, that wasn't her only alternative. There were laws on the books. Roe Ro v. Wade didn't come until after I was born. But there were different laws on the books in different states that allowed for abortion under certain circumstances. That, of course, there's the whole back alley, you know, they call it back mm-hmm. alley abortion, even if it happened in a facility. In other words, it was an illegal, a non-sanctioned situation. Those existed. I mean, I think that if a woman finds herself pregnant, ultimately, if she really doesn't want to be pregnant, she's probably going to find a way to do it if if possible. That doesn't mean it's safe or recommended, obviously. But I think the way I phrased it was, you know, I don't know if she if she gave me life or if she was merely prevented from causing my death. I, I just don't know. But whatever the decision was made, uh, from I've read your story, and I know you, and uh, you have you came into some wonderful adoptive parents who chose you, and the, <laughs> yes, they the did. way um, things my, that turned out. Yeah, what a wonderful story that you had. The things that you had gone through, the people that you have met, the family that you now have, your children, your husband, your dogs. I have dogs too. Believe me, they're my family. <laughs> uh, well, I have a life. Yes, I, mean, I have a, a life. I had a chance. 
and I've had amazing experiences, and I've had not amazing experiences uh, where I've had, you know, trauma within my own life or bad things that have happened. But you, you get through those things and you grow as a human being and you, you learn the lessons of, of the good and the bad. And the point is that you have a chance to engage in that. And that's what happened is I, I was born. I was given life. I am here. <laughs> and I got to to go through that. And, and again, by the grace of God, I, I just an amazing set of adoptive parents who never, you know, made me feel like I was adopted, even though they were always very honest with me from the beginning. My mom was so great. She said, you know, she said, well, you know, little kids always say like, oh, tell me about when I was born, when I was in your tummy. So I'm sure at some point I said that. And she just said, always, I don't remember her sitting down and telling me like it was some kind of, you know, secret or anything. I just always knew that her tummy had been broken. It just wasn't working. And God bless my, my adoptive mom because that poor woman, she had gone through three very traumatic miscarriages and she and my dad really wanted kids and it was just not happening for them and they didn't have fertility stuff and all that kind of thing back then and so I'm very blessed that she adopted me she they also adopted my brother um uh who's not my biological brother but they had adopted a little boy three years before me and then they're like okay let's let's get him a sister and um you know at one point, one of my mom's miscarriages, you know, and again, this is what I'm talking about, is the difference of perspective of pregnancy. My mom had a mis- my adoptive mom had a miscarriage at seven months. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. And if that baby had been born today, th- that baby probably would have lived because of all the advances that have been made in neonatal services, et cetera. And, you know, sometimes she would talk to me, especially as I was older, uh, and, and she would still get very choked up. That was a loss. That was their child that they lost. And even the ones she lost early on, those were her children. She loved them. It didn't matter that they were on the inside of her and that they weren't breathing yet. Those were her kids. And she suffered the grief. And I think any woman that you talk to that has had a miscarriage would probably attest to that, that it is a grief. So if that little baby that's inside of there is not really a person, then as humans, why would we react that way? If it's just tissue, I mean, if you're just cutting off a, you know, I have to go to the dermatologist all the time. I was raised in California, for goodness sakes. I've got divots all over where they're cutting one thing off or another, that doesn't bother me. I don't have a sense of loss. I might feel like I need to, you know, maybe see a plastic surgeon eventually, but that's a whole different thing. (laughs) You know, that's tissue. To me, that is tissue. If you cut off a freckle or a weird-looking mole, that's tissue. I don't need to grieve about that. But if I lose a baby, and especially since I became a mother... I've been very blessed never to have gone through the pain of miscarriage, but I have had the blessing of two births, birthing two children. I, I can't imagine 
I cannot even imagine. I can't imagine what my adoptive mother went through when she lost those babies. And I cannot imagine how traumatic it, it must have been for my birth mother. Because mm. either she felt life the whole time and hated me, and, and the feeling of that life tortured her, which, again, I had compassion for. Or she loved me, felt that life, and made the, the brave choice to, to bless another family with me. I don't know. But either way, I feel for her. I really do. I don't think if she had aborted me, though, that that would have gotten rid of her trauma. I think it would have made it worse. Well, so then she merely would have been going through the trauma of having mm-hmm. aborted a life, I, which I don't think is... I, I just don't think that people are able to engage in that as cavalierly as organizations like Planned Parenthood would, would have you think. I don't think women really do go through it and think to themselves, like, oh, it's just tissue. I mean... Maybe there's some, but I just, as a human, I can't imagine that that would describe the majority of them. There's got to be some kind of after effect in the heart and in the soul, some kind of scarring that lives with you for the rest of your life. It becomes part of your experience as part of who you are. And yet, you know, again, I'm not trying to condemn anyone. If anything, I'm saying the value of life and the value of participating with life is something that should be honored. Like, okay, maybe you're a girl and you find yourself in a bad situation. And I'm not saying that we want to elevate people because I don't want to entice people into unwanted pregnancy no. either. You know, you don't want to, the pendulum to go too far. But I, I think that if there was, a way to communicate to them, like, hey, you're, you know, you're in an unfortunate set of circumstances, but through those unfortunate circumstances can come beauty and life and a gift. And certainly what was in your case, I mean, you, there's you, you have your children now, you have, mm-hmm. I, I know some of the things that you've done, I know, for example, about your dancing and your children's dancing, <laughs> which is a yes. That is a wonderful art. I personally, I have two left feet. I can't do it, and I so admire people who can. And, of course, Kim, you and I first met uh, professionally, where I was working Mm -hmm. as a reporter in California, and you were uh, a political aide. Mm -hmm. And that, I thought, was one of the most exciting jobs out there. Had I not gone into journalism, what you were doing is what I would have wanted to do. And you. I loved it. Oh, and it was, you saw so much, and you you did so much, and you met so much. You know, I, I I was very well aware of what you and Bonnie Garcia and all those other people out there, and Jim, of course, what they were doing. And Jim Batten was uh, was uh, was your boss. Um, yeah, that was the elected official that I worked for. Uh, and um, I I worked for him. He was a state California state legislator for fourteen years. I worked for Congress for a couple years before that, and I think as, as your audience probably knows, like, politics, politics is a blood sport. <laughs> my mom, my mom said, Kimberly Ann, why are you doing this? You're such a nice girl. And I'm like, um, I get it, but if people with values don't engage, then we are leaving it 
to the people who do not hold our same values and we get what we deserve. We have a responsibility to be involved. And the way I found to be involved was to, you know, by working in that way. I worked for the legislature. I worked on campaigns. I, I did all of those things as an actual profession, which was fantastic. Um, I have stepped away from that in recent years just because it's not always compatible with raising my own children. I worked full-time until my children were three and five. And then I had the opportunity to step back and be what I call a SAM, a stay-at-home mom, an mm-hmm. S-A-H-M. Um, and that has offered equal value to me. I love all the chapters of my life. I love my career. I love being a stay-at-home mom. Now I've gone back to work, but I've gone into the private sector just to try something different. And it was a path that I felt God had really led me to. And, uh, and now this is going to be a great chapter. And, and, you know, is it a perfect experience? No, life, life is challenging. We live in an imperfect world. And I just think that's the point, though, is let those babies have that chance. Some of them are going to have a great life. Some of them aren't. But I just don't think that as, as women, as mothers, that we should be the ones placing the value on on whether they deserve to do that or not. Speaking from my yeah, gender, you know, there there's two people involved in making a making a baby, yeah. And, yeah. and there's a father out there somewhere who was not part of the equation of your life, and what has he lost? Yeah, I don't. It's so funny too, Kip, because I don't ever think of him. I think of my birth mother, and I think it's because the oral story was was passed down to me. You know, I was my family was given some basic parameters of the scenario that my birth mother found herself in, and there was just no mention of the birth father. So, like I said, zero. It's, it's like a blank to me. Mm. And um, yeah, what what about him? Did he even know? Was it a violent situation? Was he, or did he really love her? I I don't know. I just don't know. And, um, you know, I did the uh, the 23andMe DNA analysis thing okay. a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, that's a deal. For 100 bucks. I can send in my spit, and they'll tell me if I'm actually European or German or or Irish. I don't know. <laughs> I have zero. I don't know what I am. You know how kids are when you're a little kid. You're like, oh, I'm, you know, three fifths this and two thirds that, and uh, you know, because it's part of your identity. So I just never knew, and uh, so I thought, oh, that'd be kind of fun to to find out. What'd you, um, what'd you find out? Oh my gosh! Well, okay, this is nothing to do with our topic, but it is fascinating. I ended up marrying a gentleman who is um, Jewish, and so I married into a Jewish family. And I'm still Lutheran. We're raising our children Lutheran with an appreciation and a cherishment of our Jewish heritage, right? Old Testament. It's very easy for me as a Christian to embrace our Old Testament roots. Doesn't always work the other way, but that's okay. So my my uh, that whole side of my family is very supportive, very uh, embracing. So when I did the DNA thing, it turns out that I am 50 percent. Ashkenazi 
Jew. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my mother-in-law will be so happy. <laughs> I, called, I called her, like, you're never going to believe this. And she's like, oh, honey, I knew it from the beginning. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. So, you know, it's just, um, it was a fascinating little, you know, uh, tidbit. It doesn't change who I am. I am, uh, you know, forever will always be committed to my faith and uh, and to my Savior. There's there's no way around that. And in fact, that was a prerequisite on the third day. I told my, my now husband on our third date, like, you know, almost 20 years ago, I was like, yeah, you're a nice guy, but this isn't going to work. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because this is super important to me. And I'm not, I can't not be who I am. And I have to raise my children this way someday. Like, that's just what it is. And it's nothing against you. It's nothing against anyone else. It's just what I believe. And I'm absolutely convicted in it. And, um, and he was, he was obviously okay with that because here we are 20 years later. So, (laughs) and again, that's a story that had some bumps and bruises along the way too of navigating an interfaith marriage, but. Welcome to life. Yeah. See, again, it's welcome to life. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. So I think the argument of, well, you know, we should allow abortion because we're not going to, you know, who's going to take care of those babies anyway? Mm-hmm. That is not, I mean, that's the argument of, eug- of of eugenics, the perfect society, and you can only let certain people in. And, and that's a very uh, dangerous that's path. A bad place to go. Well, Kim, we're running out of time. I just want to thank you so much for being on the program and how delightful it's been to reconnect with you after these years. And it was amazing. I mean, we get on the phone together and it's like we just spoke yesterday. Well, thanks, Kim. Like I said, anything I can do to help. I feel passionately about it. And, um, you know, that's that's the space that God has put me into. And so all I got to do is just speak the truth. That's right, and that's what we do. (laughs) Kim, once again, thanks so much. God bless you and your family. This has just been wonderful. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.